Hi everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff, or Chaos for short. I'm your host, Zach Lyons, and with me today is my good friend, John LeBeau, or as some select people in very specific corners of the internet might know him, Big Nice John. Hello. <laughs> Ooh, that is that is a good intro, and I don't necessarily know <laughs> you want to find the parts of the internet where I'm known as Big Nice John, uh, but I think, uh, I guess actually I today I'm probably, uh, I think I'm just the other stuff, right? The uh, well, if you're yeah, if yeah, you're basically. Kingdom Hearts, I I would then get to be the other stuff. You are the and other I will stuff. I will know, certainly I take about, that. I never thought about my guests as being the other stuff. That almost sounds derogatory, and I'm not sure I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I don't. I would not uh, deign the integrity of your other guests. Um, only me. <laughs> <laughs> only me. Yeah, I would right. be the other stuff. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. But yes, nice uh, good good friend. We've known each other. Ooh, how long have we known each other? It's okay. So let's do the math. It's 2019. <laughs> I met Heather, yes, my wife, uh, in 2009. So like this summer, in a few months, it'll be 10 years since we first met. And I didn't really get to know you until probably 2009, maybe 2010. I so, yeah, I was gonna say 2010, maybe even stretching it a bit to say 2011. Uh, simply yeah, well, because was... the I, I was hosting the the RVBTO event that's kind of come up uh, quite a bit, uh, so I wasn't always mm. free uh, on yeah. those weekends to actually really like hang out and meet a lot of people. Um, sure, it, sure. It's kind of great to see all the reactions to everyone who has made a ton of friends. Um, but I was working, man. <laughs> uh, someone has to make man. sure those events uh, those events run well. I was going to say not smoothly, but smoothly enough. That we can yeah. create the illusion of having something well run when really it's just a lot of us trying to stamp out fires at the same time. I mean, I'll tell you what, you guys ran a good enough event that I met my wife there, so <laughs> props to you. I mean, yeah, it's a kind of, uh, you know, uh, Bernie uh, Bernie Burns has always talked about, like, uh, you know, any uh, kids who have come about at an RT event, I believe he gets uh, either the naming rights or 10% of what they've earned uh, <laughs> in their lifetime. <laughs> That's awesome. And there yeah, are, so anyway. yeah, lots of lots of kids that have kind of come about due to these events, most of them on purpose. Yeah, most of them. <laughs> so anyone, anyone listening who's a bit confused by the names and, uh, and what's the word? Acronym? Acronym that we've been using. RVBTO stands for Red versus Blue Toronto. And Bernie Burns, a lot of people probably know this, but he is the uh, CEO, I believe, of Rooster Teeth. Which made red versus blue. They make ruby. They make lots of stuff these days. Yes, They've, they're uh, they're the way. kings of content creation. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There was a fan here. event. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, overstep. No, there no, there was ahead, a fan event that we kind of uh, yeah, a bunch of us uh, on the boards back in the day started just getting together playing Halo LAN parties, uh, and we decided, hey, you know who else would want to um, either play Halo or watch Red versus Blue and drink with us? Everyone. <laughs> uh, basically and and it, we did we kind of had a, a couple of smaller events and it kind of ballooned to the point where you know you have people from sweden uh american soldiers coming back from afghanistan on leave uh, for our, to come like to our event in toronto um or my, we my even my have, wife who came from new zealand i uh, that she did i mean and even you from the far-flung uh reaches of michigan I know, a whole six hours away. <laughs> that's a, that's a big uh, drive. <laughs> listen, that's you know that's that's a long drive. It's an even longer bus trip if that's uh, if that's necessary. Like we've had folks come up from New York. Uh, it was yeah a great event. Uh, it was unfortunately time is kind of petered out. Uh, unfortunately, no longer running because uh, God damn it, some of us are old and we can't uh, we can't run events for free. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's part of it, but also it's that Rooster Teeth has grown so much. It used to be Red versus Blue was the thing they did, and they had side projects and they had extra stuff, but it was Red versus Blue, and that's RVBTO, Red versus Blue Toronto. It wasn't Rooster Teeth; it was R Red versus Blue, and that was the focus. Mm -hmm. But over the years, even though Red versus Blue is still going, arguably they're more well known nowadays for Ruby because that's become like an international phenomenon like has Japanese dubs and stuff and like it's yeah I was kind of uh, anime <laughs> hit I uh is yeah ridiculously strange for, to think about 
uh, you were at those early events, uh, and Barbara Dunkelman, who's the voice of Yang, uh, she mm-hmm. was a kid, a fan who came to those first events. And it's weird seeing her on posters uh, for Fan oh, Expo, yeah. which is the big comic convention here in Toronto. And like, yep, Barbara Dunkelman's on there. And like, I remember, you know, the 15 year old nerd who is just like happy to find this other group of inclusive people who are like, hey, we all like these things. Let's hang out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually made a post <laughs> similar to this last year because in New Zealand, the big uh, convention is Armageddon Expo. Yes. And I sign up to their newsletter to get information on their guests and whatnot. And last year, the the main four Ruby girls were supposed to come. There were some schedule changes. Barbara was able to make it. But it was crazy and mind-blowing to me to see this email saying, uh, come to Armageddon Expo and see all these guests like Alan Tudyk and Christina Ricci and Barbara Dunkelman. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold on. Hold the phone. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's it's a little you weird know, when you hear other people geeking out about Barbara and like, oh my god, she's coming, yeah. she's so hot. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> she's still 16 yeah. to me. Wait, she's 27? Like, she's oh, wait. like a little sister. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. There's one of my best friends from my hometown who, when I started hanging out with her, her little sister was six years old. And her little sister is like 23 now or something. You know, mm-hmm. she's nursing school and, you know, serious boyfriend but i think fiance maybe i'm not sure <laughs> but i'm like you're still in your single digits you're not even a teenager yet what is happening that's you know time we can't you, escape it uh yeah we we are we are getting old sir i don't know if you've noticed we're getting old we're getting old <laughs> i mean you more so than me right <laughs> uh no you're not you're not wrong it's uh I was having uh, lunch with my dad a little while ago, and he he puts down the menu, he looks at my face, and he points right at my beard. He goes, hey, is that a gray hair? Like, <laughs> uh, dad, that's several of them. And by the way, are you the father of a man with gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. That's yes. good. I'm, I'm just lucky I'm tall, so people don't see uh, the way the sun reflects off the growing bald pot on the top of my head. <laughs> Hence, hence the big and big nice John. Yes, uh, it's amazing the how sometimes you can nice. choose an internet moniker when you're, I want to say, 15 years old, and I needed an AOL screen name, uh, and big nice John just kind of came to my head, and it stuck, and I kind of grew into it. Um, no, it's good. It's really it's <laughs> it's got that timeless feel about it. Like it never feels like it's not referential to anything. It's only referential to you. You're big. You're nice. Your name is John. Like my first AOL screen name was SSJGBIS666 because <laughs> SSJ, uh, Super Saiyan, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Jeebus, in middle school I had long hair and people started calling me Jeebus as a knockoff of Jesus. And I didn't like it at first, but I kind of leaned into it after a while. So whatever, <laughs> SSJGBIS. And 666 because I was an edgy 13-year-old. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm, I'm kind of amazed that I did not have to come up with a number. Uh, I'm pretty much yeah. still one of, if not the only big, nice John on the internet. Like there is still a MySpace uh, com slash big, nice John. Uh, the only one I don't have is on YouTube um, where That's there awesome. is a big, nice John that is not me. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he just puts up videos of like carburetors uh, and like other car parts. And I hope the people who are watching his videos get like the information that they need from his uh, car parts. He's reviews. not giving your moniker a bad name. No, not at all. Thankfully, which, you know, on YouTube, you can give anything a bad name. Yeah, it's true. Just by merely existing. So, so now that we've uh, got the lengthy intro out of the way. <laughs> yes. Hi. Uh, how? <laughs> hi. <laughs> I uh, The first question I usually ask people, I haven't asked this in a while, so listeners might be familiar with my original format, which is I have a guest on who's not familiar with the Kingdom Hearts series, or who's only played a little bit or fallen out, and I try and get them back into it based on a topic of their choosing. Uh, the, the format's kind of evolved and changed, especially over the last few months where Kingdom Hearts 3 came out in January, so there's been a lot of discussion about the game, and I've had a lot of like pre-existing fans on. So it's been a bit more focused on Kingdom Hearts heavy stuff. But I want to throw it back today and <laughs> ask you, how familiar are you with the Kingdom Hearts series? Uh, next to none. 
Um, I didn't even go. realize how big of a phenomenon it was until I want to say maybe eight, nine months ago where all of the memes about how Kingdom Hearts is going to, you know, we're finally getting Kingdom Hearts 3 in 2087. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there was actually an announced date of, okay, no, this is actually for real coming out. No, it's really like, yes, it'll get delayed again, but like, <laughs> you know, within a year you'll have it. Um, yeah. And kind of, uh, oh, you know what? I'll equate, I'll equate it to uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 getting back into wrestling. I had no idea that there were that many people into it until my Twitter timeline exploded oh my with, goodness. with it's the release ridiculous. date. <laughs> like I have never been into wrestling, nothing against it. It just isn't something that interests me, but man, what like just we're recording this on April 9th, my time zone, eighth, your time zone yesterday. The day after WrestleMania. Yes. On. Yeah. Okay. I was like, there's something was... that went on. I have no idea what, but when I checked Twitter last night, it was nothing but <laughs> this. And I'm like, how did I not know that every single person I follow on Twitter is a wrestling fan? Like, apparently, because that's the only thing anybody's talking about. Yeah, but it then, is, it know, is also... uh, the day after WrestleMania. Yeah. And so I guess that's what you're getting at, though, is like, also, whenever there's a new Kingdom Hearts trailer drop, you would probably notice that there were a lot of people talking about the new Kingdom Hearts trailer. <laughs> exactly. Yes, there was uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't getting realize. super stoked. Uh, and it was kind of... It's, it's great to see, because I'm... I'm very much like I hate gatekeeping in games um, yeah, and it's sure. been really nice to see like the community that is just, Hey, we are just so happy that things finally coming. And there oh, wasn't yeah, even man. like a lot of the, like I'll equate it to maybe follow 76 where there was just so many people shitting on it. Um, even that well... the, the people who liked it and were excited for it to come out, were still like, eh, I don't know, but it's probably going to be fun. Whereas Kingdom Hearts, everything was just like joyous, hooray, yes, the seas have parted, <laughs> the skies are clear, we will not finally get this game. I will say that was the general consensus, but being a part of like the the more deeply passionate Kingdom Hearts community, like there are there have been a lot of people that have been like Kingdom Hearts three sucked, it was terrible, it didn't live up to expectations, they should have done this and not that, and blah 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 blah. It's just like. I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of other people really enjoyed it, but there's still those naysayers out there. And I mean, that's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. That's cool. You know? Yes, absolutely. Developers won't grow without criticism. <laughs> but and, I and mean, there's still the idea, those people out there that just, whatever. Yeah, and that's the idea that it is constructive criticism where you're kind of mm. taking little bits of the story and say, oh, this would have been more interesting to grab my attention. As opposed sure. to just, again, just crapping all over something because it didn't fit your expectations of a game you've been... Yeah, exactly. You know, going nuts for and anticipating for... Okay, I'll admit I don't even know. Between <laughs> between Kingdom Hearts, was it 2.5 and 3? What was the actual weight between games? Okay, so do you want me to give you between 2.5 and 3? Because that weight was like three and a half years. That was fine. Okay, because those are those are the major releases that I know of. I know there's like but, tons of others and like a Japanese only me... browser game and like you have to listen <laughs> to a concert hey, you know, that had some story stuff. Um, you know a lot. <laughs> you said you know next to nothing. That's so that's so much more than so many people know. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair impressed. enough. I, I I consider that the, the same as my, uh, let's say, uh, technical capabilities and, like, what I know about computers. I know enough to know I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I am very can, much in the kiddie pool. That. Yeah, fair. Fair call. So, just the, the main breakdown that a lot of, like, let's say, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but casual fans, mm -hmm. uh, they'll, they'll play the numbered titles. Kingdom Hearts 1 released in 2002. Kingdom Hearts 2 released in 2006 and Kingdom Hearts 3 released in 2019. So there's a now, 13 and, and, year gap between 2 and 3. <laughs> and correct and me if I'm wrong. And that's where some people are like, we've been waiting so long. <laughs> well, if you've but only played the number of games, there, what, you're really going to be lost. Is, is it like it's 13, 15 games or something? There's, More there's than close to a dozen. Let me, let me just list them off real quick <laughs> as far as my memory goes. In release order. Kingdom Hearts, Ooh. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts uh, 358 over two days, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts Recoded, Kingdom Hearts uh, Dream Drop Distance, that's seven, 
and then after Dream Drop Distance is when they started doing the compilations. So they had 1.5, which had three of the previous titles, 2.5, which had three of the previous titles, and then 2.8, which was the, basically what they said is the final chapter prologue. So it's the prologue. Like this collection is <laughs> the essentials to play before going to three if you're not playing anything else because it's what leads into it. And that was a remake of Dream Drop Distance or, or HD version of Dream Drop Distance plus two new things. One was Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep A Fragmentary Passage. That's one title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's like a four hour follow up to Birth by Sleep slash uh, prologue to Kingdom Hearts 3. So that's not really a full game because it's so short, but it's still like the first PlayStation 4 built up from the built from the ground up on Unreal Engine 4 Kingdom Hearts experience that we had. And then also in that 2.8 package was Kingdom Hearts Key Back Cover, which is a one-hour cinematic movie. And that tells a story that's related to the mobile phone game, Kingdom, which was originally <laughs> called Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. But then it, it's year one anniversary, changed the title to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. And those two, the mobile games, are redone versions of the originally Japanese exclusive browser game Kingdom Hearts Key. So there's the seven games I mentioned first. <laughs> a Fragmentary Passage, Back Cover, Key, Unchained Key slash Union Cross. That's 11 if you count all of these as individual titles. And well, most and of them Kingdom Hearts are 3 was 12. A full featured experiences. Like there's only a couple that are like those four or five hours. Like most of them are like what a dozen yeah, hours or sure. more. Like actual full oh, yeah, yeah. RPG like story between, experiences, correct? Yeah, yeah. Between twenty and forty hours typically. <laughs> so what happens so. in Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> well See um, that <laughs> That's a big question. I, I have watched a couple of Let's Plays and even with like people who have played at least the main games of the series, invariably the beginning is like, I forgot what happened. I have no clue what's going yeah. on. <laughs> I will say to the game's credit, like in almost every game, they'll give you a breakdown of what's happened previously. I guess more modern games. Like in Dream Drop Distance, the 3DS game, they there's six games that precede it, and throughout it you unlock things called like mementos or something like that, and they're like, here's a abridged version of kingdom hearts one like this is what happens it's a text file that you can unlock of kingdom Mm. hearts one and then kingdom hearts chain of memories and then kingdom hearts two so you can get all that in dream drop distance to catch you up and similarly in kingdom hearts three it comes like on the starting menu screen before you even start your game there's something called memory archives and that's like a collection of five two to four minute long videos that they've made that recap allegedly the most important plot points of the game so it's still allegedly, only 10 like to 15 <laughs> well it's still only 10 to 15 minutes worth of content and catching up throughout 7 to 12 games and movies yeah <laughs> so that's there's a lot of ground to cover in 10 to 15 minutes like, which is always even the interesting thing that developers choose to do when you have games like that like i think about you know uh, Mass Effect 3, if you didn't play Mass Effect 2, you kind of have some sliders where you can choose what actually happened or what you would have done had you played Mass Effect 2. Um, yeah. Or The Witcher 3, which uh, that's kind of, to me, that's one of those that was done perfectly well, where uh, The Witcher is being essentially interrogated uh, about his actions in the past game uh, because it does have some story and you meet a lot of the same characters. And how you answer is basically determines what you would have done in the last game uh, in The Witcher 2 if it didn't pull uh, anything in the save. Uh, and it's kind of neat okay, to see so... the way developers decide kind of, oh, hey, if you miss this, here's the story or here's what you could have chosen to do. Sure. OK, so just as a quick aside, I've never played any of The Witcher games. Uh, Witcher 3 is on my two playlist because you know so many people have recommended it to me yourself among them but yes. I, I as far <laughs> as I understand am I correct in saying that Geralt or Geralt or however you pronounce his name is the protagonist in all three of them uh, yes yeah it, it, he is the okay, titular so it's, it's Witcher not, 
Okay, so it is like all following his story. It's not like Final Fantasy where each Witcher is a different story. Uh yeah, it's it's um it is entirely the full three games are focused on uh Geralt of Rivia, the Witcher. Uh there are other Witchers. Okay. Uh the Witcher is actually just a, a title uh of essentially a monster uh, a monster hunter. Uh, and you do meet uh, quite a few others, uh, but you are always playing, and the story is always focused on uh, on Geralt and what kind of goes on uh, through. It's a story after the books. They're all um, fam- they're pol- famous Polish fantasy novels. There's right. like, fourteen of them at this point. Um, I think which I did if know I've that kind too. of considered because uh, I do nerd out entirely for The Witcher. Uh, if I were ever to be a streamer. Um, I would go back, play through, uh, starting from The Witcher 1, and kind of just tell the stories of the books while you're playing the stories of the game. That's... That would be awesome. <laughs> like, people oh, would watch that for sure. The first game is bad. <laughs> but the first game is bad. <laughs> no, not bad. It, you... it's, it has potential, but it's not. I don't think it's something people would watch. Well, exactly. It's it's got, no. I I do think it's something people would watch because a there's some people you know p- people like watching things that are so bad they're good, and alternatively people like learning lore about franchises that they enjoy. Like there's so many people that wanted to play Kingdom Hearts three because it looked fun and interesting and cool, but and because all their friends were talking about it. But there's so much lore to catch up on. So people would watch streams of Kingdom Hearts one where people like there's. Kingdom Hearts Union is another Kingdom Hearts podcast that I listen to that I've referenced on here before, and they do uh, they've been doing a stream series called Deep Dive based on like the titles from a Kingdom Hearts thing. You'd get it if you're a fan, <laughs> but uh, it it works because it ties into the this cutscene called Deep Dive. But it also while the guy's playing, he like goes into deep dives of the lore of the story like when the story beats happening he'll be like oh this is how this ties in this is what this character is talking about etc and he'll also go into things like development cycles during the game and like how this went and dramas that happened or whatever like he's just so knowledgeable about it and not just the game but the the creative process and everything and so he does a deep dive on the game or the series really because he's played through all of them now i think he's currently ongoing with kingdom hearts 3 for his deep dive playthrough (laughs) And that's, that's exactly what it sounds like for that. And because Witcher 3 blew up, like, I have one friend that played The Witcher 2 and really enjoyed it. That was the first time I'd heard of Witcher of The Witcher at all. And then when Witcher came Wait, you, Witcher someone came other out, than me played The Witcher 2 and talked to you about yeah, it? Yeah, like my best friend from high school. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? I, this is I just a thing for me and John. Do you remember <laughs> when we were in Toronto and my friend Jason came and visited? Oh, uh, yes, indeed. For my birthday? Him. He played The Witcher 2. Okay. And, Good man. And he was my first introduction. <laughs> yeah. He was my first introduction to The Witcher series. And then The Witcher 3 came out, and it, like, blew up. And everybody was like, The Witcher 3, oh, my God, The Witcher 3. And because it's such a common, popular game title now, people would love to learn more about the about the lore from the books and the first game, even if it's a terrible game. Even if it's not great, people would still absolutely watch that for the information about the books to see how one <laughs> compares to three. It's like Grand Theft Auto. GTA 3 is where the series really took off. People played one and two, but not nearly as much as three or anything thereafter. Mm, but yeah, the that's series true. had to start somewhere. It's got its roots somewhere. And then they've learned from the past experiences to make the future ones better. So... Bad games have well, now, place. Without them, you wouldn't appreciate the good as much. Now I just want to go back and just play them for myself. Screw anyone else. I don't need. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to teach people. I just want to play them again. And that, that's kind of the I same for Kingdom Hearts. Reasonable. I should probably like because again, they do look like really fun games. Um, but I have no clue how like uh, uh, Sora. Uh, I have no clue how Sora met Donald Duck. <laughs> I can tell you. Please do, sir. In Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, after Sora's home island is lost to darkness, he wakes up in a place called Traverse Town. Traverse Town is a, a world that is created when other people's worlds are gone missing and they need a place of refuge. And so Traverse Town is where a lot of people are. That's where you first meet Final Fantasy characters. That's where you meet uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And... 
a handful of other people whose worlds are missing and gone and they need to be restored so that they can go back to their home. Donald and Goofy are King Mickey's court magician, not magician, court wizard and knight, like head of the knights, respectively. So Donald's the wizard and Goofy's the knight. Mm -hmm. And Mickey is on this quest to find out why the worlds are blinking out. And he asks Donald and Goofy, he leaves a letter asking them to find the key and the key will help solve the mysteries and bring the peace back to the worlds. Sora gains the power of the Keyblade. He is the key that they're looking for. They're crossing paths in Traverse Town without uh, actually finding each other. And then there's an explosion which knocks uh, Donald and Goofy down onto where Sora is. And they literally fall on top of him. And that's how they meet. And then they fight a boss. I I believe the millennials call that a meet-cute. Yes, yes. Sounds good. I, I'm trying <laughs> very wildly in my mind to think of a pun that would match with an RPG or with Kingdom Hearts to make meat cute more punny, but nothing's coming to me. So I, me meat meat cute meat shield boss fight. That's yeah, something like that. I, Mickey, you have some intelligent listeners. Uh, they can put it together from there. We do, We don't need to make the whole puzzle for them. We can just give them the pieces. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what and, and Kingdom Hearts does. Tetsuya Nomura does that with Kingdom Hearts. We just put the pieces together. I see, but that's yeah. an unintentional callback to Kingdom Hearts on my part. I'll, I'll take full credit. I love it. <laughs> so we are about 27 minutes into this recording, and I have not asked you, what would you like to talk about? I think it's just a grab bag at this point. So <laughs> uh, totally fine. Hmm. Let's let's reveal some of the the behind the scenes of how Zach creates a podcast, uh, because you know one of the final messages before we actually started recording was Zach saying, "What do you want to talk about?" Yep. And I so, said, so. "Hey, let's talk about video games. Let's talk about movies. Uh, of course, you're you're a new father, sir. Uh, let's talk about family." Okay. So, and so I, we've talked about a few video <laughs> games already. We've talked about Kingdom Hearts and The Witcher and other small ones that we've uh, peppered in there. So, you know, actually, movies. thinking thinking uh, of family, um, yeah, kind of, okay, and going family. with that 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 theme a little bit. Uh, so, I think it is um, an excellent uh, family movie that I have just seen that opens this or opened this past weekend. Uh, Shazam. Okay, yeah, I've heard like basically nothing but good things about it, but uh, it is, I have not seen it yet. I it is, granted this isn't a high bar to clear, but it is the best DC movie that's not Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's funny. I've heard some people saying it even beats out Wonder Woman. But I can I, certainly I, I don't I don't think so, but more... I get it. I can certainly see sure where that uh, would come in. Because it, it it's almost, I, I hate to compare it to a Marvel movie, but to I would say it's Thor Ragnarok is probably the greatest comparison. Because really? it has, there is some deft, heavy issues of like, uh, not to get into spoiler stuff, but issue family issues, let's just say. Um, interspersed with moments of absolute hilarity, I would say... I don't even know which of uh, Thor or Shazam w- I would even consider funnier. Um, wow, that's, are a, both... that's a mighty high praise, I'd say. Uh, yeah, it earned it. Um, and it's kind of nice to say that the DC movies hopefully won't say, suck in the DC future. Film. That's great. Good for them. <laughs> and it, yeah, uh, and it is now a family movie in the in the true sense of the word. Um, I, I believe it's rated PG thirteen, um, probably. Which a, a lot of a lot of shit, not not literal, but like the actual word would kind of like, huh. But it it's it, everything fits. There's not a whole lot where you're kind of like, oh, this is clearly something that was you know cut for runtime where they just kept in half a plot for no reason. Uh, most everything goes somewhere. Uh, there are complete arcs for minor characters. It that's cool. Really that bloody good. That's if great. I if I hadn't seen Spider Man after January and technically in this year, it would have been my favorite movie of the year so far. 
which Spider-Man? Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because there's so many Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. I've got it. I just <gasps> haven't watched it yet. Okay, okay. I know. I know. Sorry. No, I actually like, just... The only... <coughs> Sorry, I was actually choking for a second there. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. No, uh, so... But yes, you should watch that. And I then really go take to. your lovely keen. family out to the movies to see Shazam. Okay, if remember, you did say I'm a new father, that. and you are correct. <laughs> I am a new father, as in I have a, like, 10-day-old. I'm not going to the movies anytime soon except for Endgame. <laughs> listen, listen, if you can't teach uh, teach an infant uh, in a fortnight about plot structure, come on now. Why, why even have um, a child? <laughs> I think he'd be more likely to understand plot structure than understand how to not cry. <laughs> in yeah. that amount of time in, for the I mean that's movie. fair I'll, I'll be honest I almost cried in Shazam Aww. as long as he cries at the right time that's what matters <laughs> that's, right? that's true Every, <laughs> I just, everyone else is like it's so sweet or so sad he's like wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> not the right cry not the right kind of cry <laughs> tone it down yeah, tone it down, infant. <laughs> Is, that's actually, I've never yeah. said that sentence before, and it kind of felt nice. Tone it down, infant. I, I can't wait to say that to other friends' children. <laughs> it sounds like something that would be on a shirt. Tone it down, infant. Yeah. So, yeah, because I've got such a new child in my life. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be able to see Shazam in cinemas. Uh, the <laughs> Probably last, the, not. Basically, since we had our first kid in 2015, my wife and I have made a point to go see nearly every MCU film because we're both quite into it. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I think maybe we've seen like one other movie in theaters. And I can't even remember what it would have been. But mostly we just wait until things are out on DVD, Blu-ray, digital download, whatever. And that's probably what we'll do with Shazam. Like, I'm interested in seeing it. And, like, between that and Aquaman, I didn't hear, like, unanimous praise for Aquaman like I have so far for Shazam. But it still seems like it's a step in the right direction. Like, between that and Shazam, it's, like, DC's finally learning how to... Like, and you can have gritty grimdark with still, while still having a bit of fun and making it entertaining. And I think they're finally learning that. Uh, and I would, I would say those heavy moments in Shazam are a more realistic version of grit than you ever saw in Superman or justice league. Sure. Uh, and it, because it is very real. Um, and it, the performances are fantastic across the board. Um, there's no one who really sticks out as being, Oh, this one didn't work. Um, which is, cool. is always nice to see when you do have what is like an ensemble family cast. That's cool. That's really good. That's encouraging to hear. <laughs> Zach Levi uh, is er, a big gamer as well. So if you support people mm -hmm. who like games, another reason to go see the movie. So here's here's a tie-in. You know what else Zachary Levi was in? Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, he's a voice in that? Yep. He reprises his role as Flynn Rider or Eugene Fitzherbert from Tangled because you visit the Tangled world. Ah. Okay. You know what else made me cry? You, you almost cried at Shazam. You know what made me cry? Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> That's right. You had a running, you have a running, I don't know if you still have, but you had a running tweet thread about all I, I of the I times had a running... that you have cried. It's still running. Okay. Hash, no, I, I, I mean... The hashtag still exists. The thread still exists, but I haven't added to it since I beat the game because it hasn't made me cry since beating it. So, yeah, it's hashtag KH3 cry count. <laughs> I think the total tally at the end was like a baker's dozen or something. I Yeah, I was thinking somewhere in the low teens. I was thinking under 15 yeah. uh, from my recollection uh, of your thread. I think and this I... Think is, I <laughs> this is the like moment where I admit I'm following you a little too closely. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. I appreciate that. That means a lot. <laughs> it it shouldn't. My eyes are worthless. <laughs> I I put things on the internet I, so anybody can see them. So if you see it, then hey, that's fine. Absolutely. I just meant literally because yeah, so, I have a really bad prescription for my eyes. Is all. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
So yeah, that's uh, I like I I feel like I should try out Chuck sometime because that's something that when it was on TV, not a lot of people were talking about it, but the people that were talking about it really enjoyed it, and that was like exactly watched first it, big thing. Yeah, I watched it afterwards. Um, like I went through and and because it is fun, um, which is can it that can be missing sometimes. The idea of hey, we can do a lot of things here. Let's make it fun first. Nice. That seems to be the kind of role that he gravitates toward. Uh, he, he is a fun guy. I've actually had the chance to meet him a few times. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I was. Uh, I used to work for an airline uh, in Toronto, uh, and uh, particularly an airline that has uh, the airport is right in the Toronto Islands, very close to downtown. Uh, it's a commuter airline, super quick flights to uh, particularly New York. So there were always celebrities going back and forth, particularly for the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, uh, particularly sure, sure. for folks who live in New York and are filming something up here, maybe going back and forth every weekend. Uh, and Zachary Levi had come up here a bunch. Uh, and we had usually just talked about games and what he was playing. And I think he got to know me as, oh, that check-in guy who also likes games. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually awesome uh, so we have had we have had a few conversations uh about uh, cool. what we happened to be playing at the time or what he was like going to look at at e3 and like i'm just gonna be here i'll see you when you get back sir <laughs> so in uh in kingdom hearts have you seen tangled uh no i have not i'm, I'm familiar no? like it's the rapunzel yeah yeah it's story. the rapunzel one um, so, uh, but i've the, not the actually basic... seen it the basic premise of the movie is she's got magic hair. It can heal wounds. Her, uh, her, who she thinks is her mother absconded with her as a baby so that she could use her healing hair to stay young. And she keeps her in the tower for until she's 16. When Rapunzel escapes, when she escapes, she finds this, uh, thief, uh, named Flynn Rider played by Zachary Levi. And he, through a series of events, she convinces him to take her to see the lights that shine up in the sky every year on her birthday and see what they are because she feels like they're for her. It turns out they are for her and they fall in love and things happen. But uh, in like he's kind of like wily and ex- not eccentric, but he's very comical. He's definitely one of the comic relief bit characters in the movie. Yeah, that's that and, seems and to be his 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 shtick that he does very well. Sure, the, the handsome comic relief. Yeah, he's in in Tangled. He plays the the handsome cocky brigand, at, who uh, like at first escorting her to the castle or to the to the city is a nuisance in the P and the A. And he's like he's just gotten done stealing the crown from the from the palace when he stumbles upon her tower. And so he's like, I just want to get away with my loot. And she's like, no, you got to take me. <laughs> and, but then obviously they grow close during the movie and they end up happily ever after as Disney movies tend to do. But I, I really like the dynamic in kingdom hearts three with him and Sora Donald and goofy because over the, over the many games, Sora Donald and goofy become like a very close trifecta. Like they, yeah. they're the ones that always go on these adventures together. This and much it, I know. Like you get to be, quite fond of that trio together and even though Sora originally comes from this island with his other two friends and Donald and Goofy have Mickey like they're all these different trios in the game Mm -hmm. but even though they come from their own trios Sora, Donald and Goofy definitely pave their own way and it's quite endearing to watch and like they just play off each other so well and they're so entertaining and Flynn Ryder like just bounces off of them off of them perfectly sometimes when they go into these different disney worlds it's like okay their inclusion feels kind of forced and like they don't really gel with these characters so well but i feel like they just they go perfectly with flynn rider <laughs> like he's such a he's such a good character to bounce off of them so it's it's quite good nice it's always it's always tough when you have and again like talking about you know i'll, I'll go back to mass effect where you build your core group um, of people that you're paying attention to. And like, these are the people I'm bringing with me. This is like my squad, capital M, capital S. And sure. it's always a nice deft skill when you can bring in these other characters like, oh, I want to see how they react to each other. And it's actually creating a different like chemistry. Seamless. Yeah. Which is always 
a, a, a hell of a fun skill to see with, uh, particularly when you do have a group that's been together over multiple games uh, and how it gels yeah, and absolutely. how you find new people to either change the balance um, or to just tweak a bit with the chemistry and see who, who has fun playing with whom. Tell you what, that does happen quite a bit in Kingdom Hearts 3. Even though you've got your main trio of party members, it's it's a game of like resolution and coming back to loose threads from a lot of the previous games and wrapping them up finally. And there are all these characters that have maybe only appeared significantly in one, maybe two previous titles, and you're finishing their stories and you're finding them and you're getting them back to normal because, you know, different tragedies have befallen a lot of them and you're basically trying to save them all and so these characters who have had their own personal stories unfold throughout several other different games finally get to meet Sora the main protagonist of the whole series to date anyway and like they get to meet him they get to interact with him and they get to like be a part of his group they're not usually part of his party to fight with but just watching them in scenes together in cutscenes is mm-hmm. really, really cool and gratifying as a longtime fan. So like I could see if someone started playing Kingdom Hearts One right now and just marathoned all the games, it might not have the same impact because you know you're just playing straight through all the games one after the other. But mm-hmm. when you have to wait for the next game and the next game might not even follow up the previous one. It might just be a different story about different characters that ties in later. Like that drip feed while excruciating at the time, like the payoff with Kingdom Hearts 3 has been so good. Not just seeing those other characters interact, but seeing some of them reunited. It's just, it's it's awesome. <laughs> the game's not perfect. There's a lot of places where it falters, but like I loved it. And it just, like that, that KH3 cry count, that's man, reunions, <laughs> mostly reunions. It, from That's what so I recall cool. of that of that uh, Twitter thread, yes, it's uh, anytime someone who spent even half a game apart that just that wrecked you, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. It's just because they've done such a good job at like tearing people apart in like meaningful ways, and then to bring them back together has taken a long time. But like Sora, it's going back to Kingdom Hearts one. Sora is the key. And, like, metaphorically and almost literally, like, he's not a key, but, you know, he's he's the beacon that brings everybody together. And he's the reason why they're all able to be saved. And I just... And I will, I will tell you from uh, experience both as a kid and more recently, that's the appeal of wrestling. Really? It's... I don't understand. Please elaborate. <laughs> That I, I was lost kind of me entirely out. with one sentence. I it's nice to see you flummox. That's not something that usually uh, that usually happens. <laughs> um, but the week to week, what you watch may or may not be great, um, and a lot of times, in fact, it isn't. Um, but when there are some moments that clearly are building and have years of story behind them, every week without an off-season, for, you know, even two, but sometimes five, eight, ten years, uh, building on the history of these performers. Uh, Because I I think why I like wrestling again now, after having skipped like a decade and a half, is because they don't try and pretend it's real. They have the (laughs) the verisimilitudinous. (laughs) on this of the the illusion of reality enough for you to lose yourself in it but they don't really like try and pretend oh these guys really hate each other and you know they're posting selfies at a museum in whatever city they have to be in that week and those moments whether few and far between as they may be but that is what makes wrestling great Uh, like we are the day after uh, WrestleMania, at least here in North America. Uh, and there's a storyline where uh, Kofi Kingston, uh, a wrestler and more importantly, a black wrestler, just became the champion. Uh, and his story has built on him being in the company for 11 years. And he never got a shot. And he never got a shot. And he never got a shot because he was always told he was a B-plus player. Or 
he's not a wrestler. He's an entertainer. He's there to keep the crowd happy, not necessarily to win. Uh, and he won last okay. night. Um, and there were some of his, you know, coworkers who are on the tag team with him are literally crying for real because this fake story has moved so many people. Uh, and it was kind of the awesome. match I wanted to watch um, at WrestleMania because it's the one kind of that we were all hoping would have that good story tale uh, ending or fairy tale ending, I should say. Uh, sure, sure. But hey, it's not over because someone's going to come and try and take his title <laughs> in the very near future uh, because that's just how the story keeps on going. Uh, and maybe he'll stay mm. a good guy that everyone loves and has loved for the last decade plus of his performance. Maybe he'll be turned into a cocky ass who just like, oh yeah, I got the title. I always knew I was better than you people. Um, and the, the continuous evolution of that story and with, it is a drip feed because you do get, you know, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of a storyline every week, but it just keeps going. And it, it builds the, for lack of a better word, it builds the passion. Um, and it's why people care so much, because you do watch this character grow, if they're good and hopefully not injured, for 10, 20, 30 years. Like, The Undertaker was my guy when I was a kid, and he just retired like two or three years ago. Um and that whole story, like, once I got back into wrestling, my first thought was, I gotta devour. I need to see everything that's happened with The Undertaker in the last ten years where I haven't been watching wrestling. Uh, because I, if his story's still going on, I want to know every beat in it. That's awesome. Um, like, I, I, I definitely, after <laughs> listening to the last few minutes of that, like, that, I, it makes perfect sense now. I'm no longer confused. <laughs> That's that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, and I, I never really enjoyed... Like, I liked wrestling for the story back when I was a kid, but I never really got into the fights and stuff in the ring. Um, but if I'm going to enjoy some violence, I do always like the idea that two people are collaborating and cooperating to make the most entertaining violence possible. Just a bit of melodrama thrown in there. Exactly. And like the, the idea, I think the, the most common term for wrestling, like, oh, it's soap opera for jocks. And like, <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's what fits the most. I can dig it. That's cool. Mm. And I mean, that's all, it's all just hopefully good storytelling. That's what pulls people in, whether it's, you know, The Witcher or kingdom hearts when you have something that you can invest that much time in and has the payoff uh hopefully has the payoff you know maybe mass effect 3 ending <laughs> um <laughs> well i mean again i only know that circumstantially because i haven't played the mass effect games i i honestly i don't i didn't hate the ending um of mass effect 3 because the game is literally 40 hours worth of ending before you get to the last 10 minutes. And yeah, there's much better <laughs> moments in those preceding 40, 60 hours, however much you've spent in Mass Effect 3, um, that if you're going to get stuck on the last 10 minutes, maybe pay a little more attention during the rest of the game. Like, I'm not going to say the ending yeah, was great. Um, it definitely could have used work. Um, but... It's not as as bad as you know everyone signing petitions would would have uh, people believe. I think. Sure, sure. Uh, that's the kind of thing that I definitely took with a grain of salt when it happened because I mean, me not <laughs> having played any of the Mass Effect games, I had no opinion of my own. But it just felt like a stereotypical entitled gamers lashing out because what they wanted to happen didn't happen. And yeah, I, I'm certain and there's more to it than that. But I mean, that's the vibe I got from a lot of the people complaining there. There is, but there also isn't like, it's, it's, it, it's not a good ending by any stretch, okay. but it is not, you know, shake your fist at the sky. Um, Oh, none of my choices mattered. Like you just spent 
you know, the, the entirety of this game, seeing choices you've made in the first one and the second matter and how they've played that's, out. That's um, something that, that I really love about the Telltale games or like episodic games like that. Exactly. And like, like you could say Mass Effect as a series is episodic. It's just Ma- Mass Effect 1 and 2 and 3. The choices carry over if you play them on the same console or platform and what you do matters. And yes. I never agreed with the argument that, oh, but there's a canon ending, so what you do doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, but it's not the story being told. It's your journey through it. Yes. Sure, there has to be a place where everybody starts. There has to be a place where everybody ends. There can be wildly different variations throughout. Different characters you meet, different characters that survive, people that you might ha- that might be important in one player's playthrough who another player may not even meet. And like that's cool. That gives you, like, that gives replay value. That gives diversity in the in the world. It just it, it makes it so entertaining. And it like it's like I remember season two or three of The Walking Dead Telltale game. Like they had a campaign oh, going God. called hashtag <laughs> like my Clementine. And, oh God! And I thought that was great because it's like who is your Clementine? What is your Clementine done? And that's exactly it. It's driving home that it's about your journey. Your character. Damn it, Zach! Even I'm gonna cry now. The same character, <laughs> <laughs> because I said Clementine of The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Have you played the final season? No, I can't. Me neither. It's it's like playing I, I, the last mission of Red Dead Redemption. I I can't. I haven't played that. <laughs> if I if I <laughs> if I don't, everyone stays alive and happy. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. That's a. Uh, I could get into that with Kingdom Hearts 3 regarding certain characters, but uh, that's getting into spoiler <laughs> territory. So suffice to say, I really liked a lot of Kingdom Hearts 3's ending, but there were some things that were not great and some things that in stereotypical, in stereotypical, in typical Tetsuya Nomura fashion, he's the director mm-hmm. of the games, uh, there are things that are left very intentionally vague and ambiguous that fans really didn't want to be vague and ambiguous in this specific instance. (laughs) And it's just leaving the door open for the future of the series. But like, man, it's just some things that happen that you're like, okay, hold up. What? (laughs) So uh, we're we're coming up on an hour here. I think we should probably start wrapping up. Are you interested in ever trying the Kingdom Hearts games? I honestly am. Um, Yeah. The problem is, like so many other things, uh, content-related, movies, TV, books, there are too many good things right now. There are, 100%. Um, And I don't even have a child um, or a a significant other, let alone multiples of children. (laughs) Uh, I'm just alone and I can't finish all this. (laughs) No, man, I I hear you. Uh, I've... In the last couple of years, since I, you know, what inspired me to make my own podcast was getting into podcasts and like things like my brother, my brother and me, and the Adventure Zone, or I just for some reason those are the only two popping into my head. Oh, well, welcome to Night Vale and a lot of the other Night Vale. Yeah, Night Vale was one that popped like, my head. Like so many of them that I got into, them like there's a huge backlog of these. But I want to know what happened. Like mm-hmm. Night Vale makes sense. You want to know the story of what's happened up to that point. It's 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 a story being told, episode to episode. The town is growing. There's more happening. My brother, my brother and me is three brothers talking and like giving ridiculous, funny advice. Whatever. <laughs> like there's no continuity there. But I still had when I started listening. There were like 350 episodes. I'm like I have to start at episode one. <laughs> and I did. And nowadays I'm all caught up. But like you better believe I listened to that stuff on one point five or two times speed because there's just not enough time. And if yeah, I wanted to get to it, I I can't you just have to consume. Have to consume. And like especially for video games, like I haven't even bought, let alone started Red Dead Redemption two. Uh there's Metro yeah. Exodus, which just came out and is uh I love the Metro games. Um, I wish the books they were based on were had a better English translation from the Russian, because I did not enjoy the first book at all. <laughs> um, but the games are great. All the Metro games are great. 
Um, what else? What else am I behind on for that? There's the Outer Worlds coming out this year that I have to play. Yep, yep. Cyberpunk yep. 2020 from the makers of, uh, or 2077, I should the say, Witcher from the makers games. of the Witcher games. Uh, that's and that's like, just games, let I, alone I, movies and TV and Netflix and everything else. Oh, 100%. I hear you for sure. That's when I have a kid, we'll play the Kingdom Hearts games. That'll be their introduction to gaming. That would be wonderful. I think that'd be such a nice experience together. So, uh, if you do, you said you only have Xbox, right? Uh, I do, yes. Okay, it's probably best that you wait on the Kingdom Hearts games anyway, because the only Kingdom Hearts game that is on any Xbox system is Kingdom Hearts 3 on Xbox One. All of the HD compilations and remakes and stuff that they've done have been on PS3 and PS4. So, uh, I, there's a lot of speculation that now that Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, they can go back and do the porting. They they said in interviews for a long time that they, they'd think about it, but they were, at the time, just focusing on getting Kingdom Hearts 3 out the door. So, now they're working on DLC, they've confirmed, and it's very highly speculated that they're working on ports for at least Xbox One, possibly Switch. <laughs> cool. So, my, my official final advice to you is if you're interested in the PlayStation, or in the Kingdom Hearts games... Wait and see if they come out with a collection on Xbox because that'd be the best way to do it instead of trying to buy a PS4 and using a controller you don't like. I'm, I personally am of the opinion that it's only a matter of time, and it'll it'll come to other systems eventually, especially considering all the Final Fantasy games that have come out on Xbox and Switch this year. Mm-hmm. So, Square Enix is playing much better with others than they used to. It's only a matter of time. So do you Famous have last words for Kingdom Hearts thoughts? fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to help uh, teach me a little bit more uh, about the Kingdom Hearts series. It's something that's always been on the periphery. Uh, and I've, as sure, I said, sure. I know enough to know I don't know anything at all. Uh, so thank, thank you for same... uh, making my knowledge pool just a little bit deeper, sir. Same to you about wrestling because that's the same. Every like it seems like everyone I know likes wrestling, and I didn't really get it. And even though I still don't think I'm going to go and like start watching the back catalog or anything, I can definitely appreciate a bit more where people are coming from. So that's that was very enlightening, and I enjoyed that a lot. Well, that's uh, I'm so, glad I could put it into uh, into terms that it, it, describe at least whether or not it's appealing resonated. to you, but its appeal in general. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, and I think that's like this has probably been a really good episode in general for what my original premise for the show was because it's just been so lighthearted, and we've talked about Kingdom Hearts in vague, open-ended terms, and I've given you a few explanations of things, and I've talked about other things in a very uh, yeah the people way, the people but, who get it will get it, um, yeah, and I and will get it. Don't in, should still uh, understand. Yes, exactly. I, I certainly never felt so, lost where I had to ask you to explain something again. Sure, sure. So where can listeners find you online if they so choose? Uh, as as I've mentioned, I am, for the most part, the only uh, the only Big Nice John on the internet. Uh, so with that being said, I am actually not on Instagram. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I should be. Uh, but the best way is just at Big Nice John on Twitter. That... Uh, it is not a cesspool for me because I've blocked a whole lot of Nazis. Uh, so I've had Twitter a very enjoyable <laughs> you've curated, experience. You've curated it very carefully. Yes. Uh, Nazis out, uh, baseball wrestlers and scientists in, which is a great way to exist on Twitter, I find. It sounds uh, great. Sounds and that's good. probably the best place, uh, yeah, for anyone who would like to uh, have a little chat about whatever. Very good. And And just as a side note to close it, I am now that you mentioned baseball there. I am shocked and amazed we did not get in a baseball tangent somewhere in there. So maybe maybe next time. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe next time. Once once the listeners demand that the uh, that you know we right. combine Kingdom Hearts and make the other stuff baseball, I can do that for you maybe. folks as well. <laughs> Brilliant. That sounds good. I am totally down. We're it's about time we got a Kingdom Hearts sports spinoff. Yeah. I mean, you know, why not a Kingdom Hearts kart racer? Uh, Kingdom oh, Hearts no, at the dude, Olympic Games. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, though, How's, Kingdom Carts. Kingdom Carts is a game I legitimately want. Yeah, I mean, plus if if Sora's got that Keyblade, he's probably really good at pole vaulting. 
All right, all right. So before we get into another whole side <laughs> yes. This has been episode 23 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff, and what a delightful episode it has been. You can find the show on Twitter at ChaosCast, that's Chaos with a K, and you can find me as well at Zachary P. Lyons, that's L-Y-O-N-S. Chaos is a part of the Nerd Pals Network, which you can find at nerdpals.network, and by searching for Super Nerd Pals on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Along with Super Nerd Pals and Chaos, we've also currently got a special limited run show on our feed called Wonderful, a celebration of Pokemon Snap, where Andy from Super Nerd Pals joins me as we celebrate Pokemon Snap turning 20 years old and constantly lament its unfortunate lack of a sequel in that time. So thanks again to John for joining me, and thanks to Project Destati for my excellent theme music. Check out more of their music at projectdestati.bandcamp.com. Thanks again for listening to Kingdom Hearts and other stuff. May your heart be your guiding key.